Hey boomers, welcome to another bonus episode of Sonic the Comic the Podcast. It's Sonic the Poster Mag the Podcast, issue number five. We, as always, are your humans who think we're in charge. I am Chris McFeely. And I am Dave Bulmer, and this time we're looking at Sonic the Poster Mag number five. Yeah, I remember this one. Oh yeah, why is that? It's got Super Sonic in it, didn't it? Mm. How could you forget? I think by this time I had stopped being at all interested. I do not recall having had this one. Well, I didn't have anything before the Shinobi one, so this mm. was like my first actual Sonic's Sonic, Sonic the Poster Mag. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is a lovely cover too, and I, I don't say that about Carl Flint covers too often, you but don't. this is a nice cover. I like this cover a lot, this. We talked about it in the, a recent episode where there was an advert for the Poster Mag. And to be honest, I, th I think I made the mistake of saying in that episode even, in my mind, this cover was the poster. But it's not. Right. No. This is the image of, of Sonic transform. It's a three-step transformation of Sonic transforming into Super Sonic against a big fiery orange background. Um, and then there's a thumbnail of the actual poster itself, which we will talk about when we unfold the magazine. Yes. What are you rating? What are you rating? A digestive. Yeah. But I had these digestives recently. Ooh, they're a new, like, sub-range of digestive, but I don't remember what the name of it is, but it's got, like, chocolate chips and caramel in it. And I was like, ooh, well, that sounds, like, worth it. And then it added, and it was, like, pissed and nothing. Oh. Yeah, it was very... It was exceptionally disappointing, I have mm. to say. You can't go wrong with a plain digestive. No, and they taste nothing, but... <laughs> I mean, chocolate digestive is good, too. But where do you fall on the chocolate digestive versus chocolate hobnob? Well... I'm staunchly anti-chocolate hobnob. Yeah? Um, yeah, not, not you know, I, I, I don't think they should be eradicated from the world, but personally, to me, what a hobnob is, is enough of a thing that putting chocolate on that as well detracts from that thing. <laughs> it's a luxuriance. <laughs> anyway, so, yep, like every poster, Mike, this is a, a six-page strip, which unfolds out into a big old poster. So, Dave, take her away. Okie dokie. Once you finish your hobnob, mm -hmm. of course. <laughs> digestive, digestive. Sorry, yes, I forgot. <laughs> Don't have the luxury of hobnobs these days. <laughs> Ocean of Horror. Written by Lou Stringer. <laughs> Art by Richard Elson. Letters Way. by Tom Frame. Sonic and Tails head for the oil ocean zone to take out Robotnik's newest creation, the pump, which is spewing out more oil than ever. However, the machine proves suspiciously simple to deactivate, because it turns out to be a trap. Robotnik appears on a view screen to explain that in 30 seconds, a bomb hidden somewhere in the zone will detonate and set the whole oil ocean ablaze. Sonic races across the zone trying to locate the bomb, but as time runs out, the stress causes him to transform into Super Sonic once again. Super Sonic finds the bomb seconds before it blows and contains the blast within a cocoon of super speed. You know... Right, first of all, hey, this is the first Sonic the Comic stuff by Lou Stringer. Yes, here he is. Yeah, I had no idea that this was it. No. I mean, it's not going to be very long before we see him over on the main book at all. No. But, yeah, I did not realize. Because, wouldn't you swear this yeah. was a Nigel strip? Because of the cocoon of speed. The cocoon of speed, exactly. Mm. It's such a Nigel move. Yeah, I wonder if Lou was referencing, because when Nigel first did that, 
it was the supersonic story, wasn't it? Yes, this does seem... Th- that's kind of the thing that hints that it's not a kitching story. Mm. Because it's in the oil ocean again. Yeah. Which is where the first supersonic story was. And, yeah, he put a fire out by surrounding it with speed and creating a vacuum. Yeah. Didn't he? Um, so there's just a lot of... Um, and, I've just realised this second... Nigel's second supersonic strip was about Robotnik using a device to lure Sonic in to his explosive doom, which he told him about by appearing on a little view screen in the device. Huh, I suppose so, yeah. So this, it's hard to believe this is a coincidence. It does feel very heavily referenced off the two previous supersonic stories. Well, then perhaps what we're looking at is Lou's um, audition piece. Maybe it was like, you know, show that you can write within this world and we'll let you in. And here, yep, it's done that. Here's some stuff from the comic. Yeah. And, you know, he gets to be one of the main writers of STC going forward, eventually. Yep. Oh, it's nice to see Lou. I've been looking forward to Lou showing up. Yes. And, hey, with when it's supersonic, like, you can't go wrong either. Because, mm. like, again, another little tale that it's not kitching is just how supersonic is portrayed here as well because although he is still the raging maniac that we're used to once he transforms he's still dead set on finding and destroying the bomb whereas uh like as written by kitching he would probably have just got out of there and left the zone to its fate maybe you know he's determined to actually destroy the bomb and 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 rational enough to figure out a way to contain it in the cocoon of super speed while still supersonic funny we were just talking about it a week or two ago in the holiday special episode you see this scene here where the octus badniks attack sonic um and we had an aquas attack him in the original supersonic story but look how look how great they look (laughs) look how look at the angry cute little it's a terrible shame that elson didn't get to draw regular badness all that often for some reason i don't we don't really know why it worked out that way but uh because it just goes to show how how good he was at it at at infusing them with character i wonder why it is that sonic and nintendo stuff had things spitting octopuses in that have those sort of snouty hooters that spit stuff out because zelda has octoroks that do the same thing is this something octopus is at is like the is the cartoon of an octopus in japan to give it a kind of a spout for ink to come out of or something you know i don't know know. must be mustn't it it's got to be a japanese thing yeah it's a common point of origin yeah it's got to be something to do with ink shooting doesn't it i just typed in japanese octopus cartoon and yes they all have that little ooh mouth so yeah, it must be based on a feature that real octopuses have, then, in some capacity. Well, maybe, or just that's how they've come to be drawn there, I guess. Well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. If you know, write in. <laughs> stctpodcast at gmail.com. Educate us on the illustrative history of the octopus in Japan. <laughs> and this bit here, where Sonic crashes inside the pump. This feels like a real... I, I don't want to spend this whole thing just comparing the strip to Kitching, but this bit, he smashes in. I wonder what kind of advanced system I got to bypass to shut down the pumping machinery, and he sees it's an on-off switch. <laughs> and he just stands there and goes, well, I get the feeling we've been set up here. Doesn't that feel like a Kitching moment? Yeah, I love it. Feels like a Kitching guy. So, I, yeah, as you say, it's, it's Lou really showing that he could... Um, play within the world and fit the style of the comic before then getting to go on and establish more of his own unique stamp on the thing yeah and there is something really nice about seeing richard elson draw one that isn't tied in with any kind of 
ongoing lore, which is what we know and love him for. But like, that's a very good. It's just point, something yeah. simple about this story. It's just a Sonic story, and it's like we didn't need the number one artist to draw that, but we got it. <laughs> well, I always thought you did need Richard Elson to draw any supersonic strip to make it good, because we've yeah. had we've had three of them now, which is, to be honest, actually, in three in a year is more than I yeah. thought we actually got of supersonic, because yeah. it's going to be like a whole nother year before we see him ever again now. But oh, God, is it had, really? Yeah. Well, close to it. I didn't realize we had as many as this within the first year, but um, we've had two by Richard and one not by him and the one that wasn't by him was rubbish well and he's <laughs> left us with a, a, a parting shot here which is that he has now drawn the supersonic mucked up spikes yeah you're right i didn't think yes this is because in his first one in issue seven he had just drawn a yellow sonic mm. he didn't have the upwardly curving spikes which were in the Farron rodriguez issue 20 yes. but yeah this is uh richard's first go round with those oh well this is a weirdly significant little yeah. uh, poster mag isn't it <laughs> so on page four you've got this big shot of supersonic blasting out towards the camera yeah. I mean, it, it has the look of him having referenced the, the end screen from Sonic 2, and that's that's where we get the, the funny spikes from initially. Oh, uh, yeah, it could be, yeah. Gosh, yeah, so, so this is like the first bit of loose stringer work. Yeah. The first, like, finalised, if you will, supersonic from Richard Elson. Yeah. The first Stringer-Elson collaboration. And I don't think there would be many of those. No, I can only no. think of one more right now off the top of my head. I can't even think of that. Commander Brutus. Oh, God, yeah. So the back page of this issue is uh, is an advert for Sonic the Summer Special. All action, all speed, all Sonic, all the way. Which was also released on the same day as this. And mm. where that is full of one-shot throwaway stories, they all feel very dated and from a year or two ago and not of a piece with Sonic the Comic itself where it is now. This, yeah. on the other hand, this could have been the next issue of Sonic the Comic, no problem at all. This is a quality yeah. piece. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure what more there is to say about it than that. Nothing, really. So, shall we open it up and have a look at the poster? Yes, do let's. Well, it's less good than the cover. This is another Carl Flint poster, and it's of Supersonic just streaking towards us. It's a, it's a big close-up of, of Supersonic's head, with his fist reached out in front of him, a head-on shot. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of a yellow starburst around the edges of the poster. And, uh, yeah, it's not so hot, you know? I mean, mm. I, we didn't mention that, that um, on the cover, Carl has drawn the spikes curving. He's drawn Supersonic as just a yellow Sonic with swirly eyes. He doesn't yeah. have the, the bendy spines we were just talking about. And he's done them the same way for the poster. I did have this poster on my wall for a while, all the same, though. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I had the, the, the magazine and it's Supersonic. But the cover would have been a better poster. I mean, we've said, I feel like we've mm. said that about at least one other thing recently, the Shinobi issue, I think. The Shinobi one, yeah. 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 I suppose that's the peril of having to create a really attractive cover image to sell the magazine in the first place. Well, it uh, makes you wonder why there had to be a different picture on the inside. Like, wouldn't you sell it and go like, do you want this, but for your wall? Here's a comic as well. I guess, but I feel a bit cheaped out on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because I would want, an, I mean, it cost me one thirty-five for six pages of story. I'd at least want a different picture for the poster there we go that's there you go that's that's it that's sonic the poster mag it's uh it's not usually much to it yep now that we're well into the the course with these magazines there's uh a decreasing amount of stuff to talk about with them this is just a good little fun throwaway story with one of our 
I think I'd go so far as to say one of our favorite things from the uh, <laughs> from the lore of of Sonic the comic by one of our favorite artists, one of the main writers making his debut, uh, a very auspicious debut. He's done very well. Yeah, if only I had known, I should have got this poster mag back in the day, but I didn't, and as far as I can tell, I didn't. I do wonder if it was literally the first thing he wrote. Mm. Probably was. Yeah, I think so. He's actually only an issue or two away from doing a Sonic strip in the main series. Um, and uh, yeah, as you say, the idea of it as like an audition piece of showing that he can work within the world and feels right, you know, and to pair him mm. up with, uh, I mean, talk about, I mean, talk about coming in strong out of the gate, getting paired up with Richard Elson. Yeah. Imagine that. Your first day on the job. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will be uh, checking out lose further offerings over in the the main series Mm -hmm. very soon and if you're looking for that you can find it on stctp.wigglehe.com or wherever you get your podcasts from and if you're looking to talk to us you can do it at at sonic podcast on twitter or stctpodcast at gmail.com if you prefer email yeah if you can educate us about the octopuses or whatever send it through there (laughs) (laughs) We ourselves are also on Twitter, where if you want to holler abuse at us directly, you can do so. I am at Chris McFeely. I am at Demon Tomato Dave. If you want to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash STCTP and join the uh, increasing number of people who are being very generous over there and honestly leading to the point where we might actually start to be able to make things to give back to you. I mean, apart from this wonderful series, you understand. And all these bonus episodes that we put out into the world. Yeah, so many bonus episodes. But hey, maybe we'll be able to do all sorts of extra bonuses beyond this. Let's find out. So you can help us out there. If you want our opening theme, it's called Synchronize, and you can buy it from the band What Made It. They are Sonic the Comic, the band, at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. But we are Sonic the Comic, the podcast. We are, you know. We are. And we'll see you... Well, next, next time. time. Bye. Hey, boomers, welcome to. Uh. <laughs> Good start. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>